Hello, welcome to the Economic and Market Watch podcast. This is John Suter, CFC. Today, we're going to talk about what's on a lot of consumers and businesses' minds, what is going to happen with inflation. That was the biggest topic in 2022, with the headline CPI index reaching a maximum rate of 9.1% in June. In fact, the CPI just came out today, with a new reading of 6.5% as the economy cools due to the Fed raising of the overnight federal funds rate. High inflation can be attributed, in part, to supply chain issues, steady consumer demand, and energy uncertainty. Unfortunately, the Fed missed the call on inflation during the past year, thinking that the rapid rise in the overall prices of goods and services was transitory, meaning that they would quickly subside over a short period of time. However, as we all now know, inflation was quite the opposite, being very sticky on the downward trend. So much so that the Fed has undertaken one of the most aggressive monetary tightening cycles since 1994, raising the overnight rate seven times in 2022 to reach 4.5% before year end. And, unfortunately, we are still not done. To dig a little deeper with regard to inflation, here are some things that you may not know. Of the components that make up the basket of goods in the U.S. CPI bucket, housing, food, and energy in that order make up nearly 54% of the expenditures. Housing is the largest at 32.4%, followed by food at 14%, and then energy at 7.5%. So it's no wonder why Americans are not happy with the current economy given the inflation affects everybody's pocketbook. Interestingly, if we were to break out the entire U.S. population into 10 deciles, it's not the top or lowest group of Americans that are hit the hardest. It's definitely the middle class by far. With inflation rising after the passing of the pandemic in 2020, the uptick first started with goods, not services. This is ironic because the U.S. economy is mainly a service-based economy. Excess demand from consumers propped up good prices from appliances to automobiles to new homes as Americans boosted their savings by not going out and consuming those services. For example, services such as restaurants, dental and doctor visits, sporting events, those were all put to the side. In fact, the savings rate peaked in 2020 at 34% and is now down to just 3%. On a related note, ever wonder why the S&P 500 had such a banner year in 2021 with an increase of 27%? A big reason why the S&P sales have outpaced the economy is that a lot of S&P 500 companies are in the business of selling what people bought more of during the pandemic. Much more than the economy itself, the index is geared towards producers and purveyors of goods, by both market value and sales. Manufacturers and retailers account for about half of the S&P 500 index. In contrast, those sectors account for only about a fifth of U.S. gross output. However, as the threat of the pandemic subsided and more of the U.S. economy opened up in terms of the service sector, now service inflation is running high and goods inflation is trending downwards. So in essence, the increase in inflation has flipped from good to services. The other aspect of U.S. inflation to note is while energy prices have come down significantly over the past year, food prices have actually continued to climb. And not surprisingly, the shift in inflation drivers from the beginning of 2022 to the end was primarily services and shelter. While consumer demand has slowed during 2022, it has not turned negative, and with a robust labor market due to the shortage of the American worker, it doesn't appear that the tightness in the labor market is going to subside anytime soon. Even with the economy slowing, the labor market has been a source of strength. One can point to the still high job openings at 10.5 million that exist, 
along with the decline in the labor participation rate, 62.3%. Those are individuals that are either working or actively seeking work. The latest non-farm payroll number for December came in at 223,000. That's more than double with the non-farm additions of only 100,000 that economists expect to see if a slowdown in the labor market is to actually occur. Last but not least, don't forget about the wild card. There's always a wild card, that being China, the second largest economy in the world, and the eventual reopening ensuing economic activity. That would boost global commodity prices and create supply chain backups that would put pressure on prices on many goods and services, complicating further the Fed's task at hand. As one can see, there are many moving parts, and in short, the job of bringing down inflation is nowhere close to being finished. That's it for today. Thank you for listening, and be sure to download the Economic and Market Watch dashboard.